This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chutka, a general internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Essentially, everyone has an occasional headache, and they're usually nothing more than a minor nuisance. However, there are individuals who have very frequent headaches, and these headaches can have a significant influence on in that person's lifestyle and quality of life. The topic for today's podcast is chronic daily headache, which really represents a description of a variety of both primary and secondary headaches, which can be either quite frequent or of excessive duration. We'll discuss what types of headaches patients with chronic daily headache tend to have, how they develop the syndrome, and how you should evaluate and manage these patients. Our guest today is Dr. Rashmi Hawker-Singh a neurologist and specialist in headache medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. Rashmi, welcome, and thank you for joining us for this interesting topic today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be able to share about chronic daily headache. Yeah, I was interested in this as I'd not really heard of it before, but it sounds like it uh, has a potential to cause a lot of misery for people who have this condition. So what's actually the definition of a chronic daily headache? So that's a great question. So first of all, we have, we receive consults in the headache clinic for chronic daily headache all the time. And I think the first thing to be aware of is chronic daily headache in and of itself is actually not a diagnosis at all. It simply means that someone has a headache at least 15 days per month. And that pattern has been present for at least three months. It is then our job as the clinician to ask additional details to sort out what the actual headache phenotype is and to give that patient an accurate diagnosis. Most of the time, what our patients have, and I think most of the time when we're speaking colloquially with our colleagues, chronic daily headache is often what people say when they're talking about chronic migraine though. Okay. I don't think I can recall any patients I've had with this condition. You say that it, you see it often in your clinic. Overall, how common is it? Because I think they usually present to us first, and then we often refer them to you all. Yeah. So as a headache subspecialty center, which you know our headache clinic is, it makes up actually the majority of patients that I take care of in my clinical practice. Most of my patients meet criteria for chronic daily headache, most of the time chronic migraine. But when you look at epidemiology studies, about 4% of the world's population has chronic daily headache. And again, when we dive a little bit deeper and ask the details and find out that oftentimes they have chronic migraine, about 7% of people with migraine at all meet criteria for chronic migraine. Are there some risk factors for developing this or some more likely to have chronic daily headache than others? Yeah, I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about chronic migraine when I reference my answers, just so you know, because that is most of the time what we see when we talk about chronic daily headache. And we actually have quite a bit of data about what contributes to the transformation from an episodic to a chronic picture when it comes to migraine. And we can divide those things into things like modifiable as well as non-modifiable risk factors. For example, being a woman puts, puts a person at higher risk for having chronic migraine. But there's lots of things also that are considered to be modifiable risk factors, which we also ask our patients about in clinical practice. 
We'll ask them about their sleep habits, their stress levels. We'll ask them about the presence of cutaneous allodynia, for example. It's another thing that's a risk factor for the development of chronic migraine. And also about their acute medication use. So I guess this is kind of interesting because Obviously, if you don't treat migraine, it can become more frequent and develop into a chronic migraine picture. On the other hand, if you take too much acute medication, which is very clearly defined in the International Classification of Headache Disorders, how much is too much. But if you take too much, that can also be a risk factor for the development of chronic migraine as well. And just at the beginning of 2021, some colleagues from Mass General, from, actually from Brigham, published a manuscript on uh, updated determinant statistics on migraine. And we found out that social determinants of health can also Im- impact migraine as well. So you've mentioned the chronic migraine patients. My reading on this indicated that these can be a variety of different types, tension, headaches, migraine, Is that correct? So they don't all need to be recurrent or chronic migraines. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. I was framing my answer chronic migraine because once we go through the whole paradigm of asking our patients questions, most of the time that ends up being the most accurate diagnosis, but really to sort through all of this, it's, it's taking a very typical headache history. So if someone comes in and tells you they have a headache all the time, you want to ask them, I think the, the best way to sort this out in terms of what's going on, because we use a very organized approach to chronic daily headache. And the first thing you want to do is ask your patient, when you have a headache and you don't take any medication, how long does the pain last? And we can divide that up into short duration headaches and long duration headaches in terms of primary headache disorders. Because of course, before we've done all of this, we've done a lot of careful history taking to make sure that there's nothing secondary going on, right? They don't have an untreated sleep disorder. They don't have like a brain tumor. There's nothing else going on based on careful history taking to suggest that we need to do additional investigations. But let's say we've done that. Then the next question you want to ask your patient is if you don't take any medication, how long will the pain last? Because if they tell you, oh, well, my pain lasts, say, an hour and then it's gone, but it recurs every single day. Well, that meets criteria for chronic daily headache, but it's not chronic migraine. That would be a short duration primary headache disorder. And if it occurs more than 15 days per month, your differential diagnosis is very different than if they have, say, a long duration primary headache disorder, which most of the time our patients do have. They'll tell you, oh, if I don't take any medication, it can last all day or it, or it never goes away. It's just there all the time and just fluctuates in intensity. And then we can ask additional questions about the phenotype and associated symptoms of the pain to really hone in on the most accurate diagnosis. So if the majority of patients with chronic daily headache have either recurrent migraine or tension headache, how would we separate those? What are some symptoms the patient may describe that we'd say, oh, these are more like migraine or these are more like tension headache? So every diagnosis that we make um, actually goes back to diagnostic criteria from the International Classification of Headache Disorders, which is available online for free. So if you just Google ICHD3, if you just Google that, the whole thing is actually available online for free. And every diagnosis we make refers back to that. It was last updated in 2018, and that's the most up-to-date criteria. And that's what we use to make all of our diagnoses. 
the diagnosis of chronic migraine, because again, that will be the most common accurate diagnosis that we see in clinical practice, is made when someone has chronic daily headache, right? They have a headache at least 15 days per month, and that pattern has been stable for at least three months. And then secondly, at least eight days per month, the headache meets criteria for migraine, or they take a medication to keep it from getting to that point. So I think a couple of important points to note is that, first of all, the headache doesn't have to meet migraine criteria every single day, just eight days per month. And I explain this to my patients. If you have a headache at least half of the month and half of that time, it either meets criteria for migraine or you take a medication to keep it from getting to that point, we call the whole thing chronic migraine. It all fits under that umbrella. So they can have a variety. They can have you know multiple types that still make up chronic daily headache then. Yes. And sometimes my patients come in and tell me, I have two headache types or I have three headache types. And what I do is I'll, I'll take a detailed headache history in every single one of those types. And we'll talk about it. Oftentimes it ends up being, maybe it's a different manifestation of migraine. We get into the nitty gritty details. Mm-hmm. So in patients with chronic daily headache, do most of them develop this from intermittent headache? Have they had a history of either migraine or tension headache, and then it becomes chronic daily? Or do they develop this de novo? Is this their first presentation of headaches? So most of the time, it is something that develops over time, and it's this gradual transformation. So it's a very typical story that you hear with someone who has chronic migraine and that they used to have a history of headache. And over time, it's evolved to become a, a chronic process. That's a typical story. Sometimes you might hear someone who tells you that they just woke up one day and it's been there ever since. But in those situations, I really do take a careful history to figure out, am I missing something else that might be going on? Mm -hmm. So do you look for triggers, especially in those who have kind of a mixed headache, tension, migraine, do you look for things that might have brought those on and how successful are you in finding something? So that's a great question. Because, you know, we know that migraine is a genetic neurologic disease and most headaches are a pain transmission problem in the brain. So that's what's going on. And I think sometimes people come in to see us and they they want to know what they did, you know, what trigger did I provoke to bring this on? And there can be some guilt associated with that. So the first thing I want to do for my patients is to validate to them that what they're experiencing is a true neurologic disease. It's a, it's a problem of pain transmission in the brain. And it's not something that they brought on for themselves. And I think that's really important, but then we will go into looking to see what can they do that might be helpful in managing their symptoms a little bit better, because people are always interested in trying things beyond medications as well. And we want to really take a holistic approach to patient care in our clinic down here in Arizona. We love to use the mnemonic seeds to success. When it comes to headache, the first S stands for sleep. So we'll talk to them about their sleeping habits. I ask all of my patients, you know, do you sleep well at night? Tell me about your sleep, what's going on with that, and see if there's any opportunities to intervene there. The first E stands for their eating habits. So I'll ask them about how much are they eating? Are they skipping meals? How much caffeine are they taking in every day? Because daily caffeine use by definition, it's more than 200 milligrams per day. But in, in my reality, in my clinical experience, I feel like for some people, it might even be less than that. But daily caffeine use can also be associated with the development of daily headache as well. So if someone has daily headache, I'll ask them, do you drink something caffeinated every day? If they say yes, then my follow-up question is, if you skip your caffeine, do you get a headache? And if they do, then we'll talk about that as well. 
And then the next E stands for exercise because that can be really important for overall health as well as for headache. And then the D stands for a diary because maybe they do have some other triggers. Maybe maybe it's a menstruating person and they they have hormonal links there. They can keep track of that that they haven't watched for. Or maybe they're taking a lot of acute medications and they're just not aware because you know they have a headache and they take it. So keeping a diary can be really useful in that situation. And the final S stands for stress management because we know that the limbic aspect of the brain feeds right into these pain pathways and there could be a lot a lot of overlap as well. So stress management is a really good technique to help with migraine and other types of headache. I have found some patients where their life is filled with so much stress that it seems to be that a trigger is when the stress is resolved for a period of time. So it's lack of stress. It's like they're not used to that. I see that too. It's like that letdown phenomenon. You right. know, it's like when you're in the moment, you just your brain doesn't have time to deal with a migraine in addition to dealing with whatever the stressful situation is. And once that's passed and they, then the migraine kicks in or, or headache. I see, I see migraine a lot because it's often what it is, yeah. but it could be tension headache too. I also find it interesting that caffeine has such an important role in headache. It, it has been a component of some headache treatments. And I've known that caffeine withdrawal can cause headaches. I wasn't aware that too much caffeine can also trigger them. Yes. So it's like, a, as I tell my patients, it's a double-edged sword. Because if you have a headache once in a while, sure, you can have a cup of coffee. It might help with your headache. But if you have a headache every day, if you have chronic daily headache, that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. Are there any serious causes of chronic daily headache? Or are they more of just a major nuisance to patients? So that's where taking a careful history comes into play. And if you do have a patient who has anything worrisome on their history, it's worth evaluating. There are potential secondary causes of daily headache, problems with CSF pressure, like pseudotumor cerebri or spontaneous intracranial hypotension, untreated sleep apnea. All of these things can also contribute to daily headache as well. So taking a very careful history is really important to tease out those factors. I imagine temporal arteritis could fit in that category too. Yes, temporal arteritis. So the way we teach our trainees to take a careful headache history in terms of looking for secondary causes, we, we love mnemonics down here. So the mnemonic mm-hmm. we use is SNOOP for red flags. Mm-hmm. So the first S standing for any systemic signs or symptoms. So, you know, ask them about any weight loss, jaw claudication, whatever, you know, might be relevant for that situation. The N stands for any neurologic signs or symptoms. So you can ask about blurred vision, you know, think about papilledema, think about any focal neurologic deficits there. And then there's two O's, right? So SNOOP, S-N-O-O-P. So the first O stands for onset. So if you have a patient comes in with chronic daily headache that, or just a headache that began, ask them how it started. So I'll give you a case. I saw a patient actually just this morning who came in with chronic daily headache. And this patient told me that the headache's been there for the last eight months. And one of the first things I asked him is, how did the headache begin? Did it begin like a clap of thunder? Was it thunderclap and onset? I said, oh no, it was a gradual onset. So that gives me a whole different differential diagnosis right there. The second O stands for onset age. If you're someone over the age of 50 and it's a new headache, then we should have a heightened sense of suspicion for secondary causes like giant cell arteritis or other secondary causes as well. Cervicogenic headache, lots of things on that list. And then it's SNOOP4. So there's four P's. 
And depending on who you ask, you might get different answers on what those P's might be, but a positional headache, headache that's brought on by lying flat or, or being upright might talk about, might indicate a disturbance of CSF flow, either low pressure, high pressure headache, pattern change, pregnancy provoked by Valsalva. Those are all reasons you might want to image as well. Okay. One condition that patients have trouble understanding and even more trouble accepting is medication overuse headache. Spend a little time talking about that. So medication overuse headache is defined by the International Classification of Headache Disorders as so it's a, that's a secondary headache, right? So that's a headache that develops due to something else. And it's due to taking too much acute treatment. And there's a whole section in the ICHD3 that's devoted to medication overuse. It spells out based on which medication we're talking about as well. And I think the bottom line, just to simplify that, if you have someone who has an underlying primary headache disorder, tension type headache, migraine, and they start taking as needed medications, and they're using them more than 10 days per month, and over time that headache becomes more frequent, it is very possible that the medications that they're using to treat pain might be contributing to headache worsening. It's one of those diagnoses you can't technically make until after it's been treated. So in the moment you can make a diagnosis of probable medication overuse headache, you stop the medication for a couple of months, and demonstrate the headache has improved and then say, yes, I was, I was correct. The patient had medication overuse headache. Mm -hmm. The thing is our approach to treating medication overuse headache is kind of undergoing a little bit of a paradigm shift as we speak until recently, we used to think about this as like a separate problem. And there still isn't consensus. I'll put this out there. There's still no consensus on how to best treat medication overuse headache. Many people who have chronic daily headache and chronic migraine are at risk of having medication overuse headache. And there's debate within the medical community about what's the best way to treat this. Should we stop the overused medication? Should we put the patient on a preventive medication? Should we do something altogether all different? About a year ago, there was a practice update published in Neurology, in the Green Journal, and in Headache. It was published in both journals, actually, to help disseminate knowledge, where they recommended that medication overuse headache be considered in the context of the underlying primary headache disorder. To, to put that into a clinical perspective, I might see a patient who has chronic daily headache, we'll take a careful history, we might decide that this person has chronic migraine and probably medication overuse headache as well. And we'll come up with a management plan. Maybe that includes something like onabotulinum toxin type A, which is FD approved to treat chronic migraine. And we'll come up with a whole plan. Sometimes insurance companies come back to us saying that they won't approve the preventive medication until we first treat medication overuse headache. And that puts the patient in a little bit of a bind because ultimately this plan is designed to help them. And putting restrictions like that doesn't always help the patient. They're kind of stuck. If you think about it, your patient's not really looking to take medications other than to avoid pain, right? So that was a little bit of a paradigm shift. And just a couple of months ago, our colleagues down here at Mayo Clinic in Arizona, Dr. Todd Schwett was the primary investigator on the study, wrapped up their medication reuse treatment study, which is a multi-center study that had over 700 people involved all of whom have chronic migraine complicated by medication overuse. And they sought to answer this very question about how do we help people best 
who have chronic migraine and there's medication abuse also going on. It was a prospective open label study. Participants were randomized one-to-one to either being started on a preventive medication for chronic migraine or being started on a preventive medication for chronic migraine and stopping the overuse medication and switching to something different with limits, no more than two days per week. With the primary endpoint being headache at the first two weeks, I think headache frequency at the, at the first two weeks, and also at weeks nine through 12. So it's a 12-week trial. And what they found is there really was no difference in migraine between the two groups, meaning that putting someone on preventive medication was very important. And probably the most important thing we can do to help people who deal with chronic daily headache and have a diagnosis of chronic migraine and medication overuse. So I think this will help us to guide our clinical decision-making a little bit as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Can any medication that we typically use for treating headache fall into this category and non-steroidal streptans doesn't matter as long as they're using it excessively that can produce this? Pretty much all medications, the number quoted is more than 10 days per month. The only exception is a simple analgesic. So an NSAID or acetaminophen, if that's the only medicine your patient is taking, then that number goes up to 15 days per month. But if your patient's taking multiple medications, they have an NSAID, they have a triptan, it's 10 days per month altogether. What's interesting though, is we now have some new medications available, these G-pants, Ubrojapan or Remegipan, which are FDA approved for the acute treatment of migraine. They just got approved about a year and a half ago. And we don't believe that they contribute to medication overuse headache. That kind of changes things a little bit. But besides those, the rest of all, all the acute medications we use do. Hmm, Okay. You've given us some uh, important questions to ask in the medical history. Most of these patients come to their primary care providers first. Should we be doing any particular physical exams? How about laboratory tests? What might be useful for a patient who comes in with a chronic daily headache? So I think it all comes down to the history and what you elicit from your history will guide what sort of workup needs to be done. I do want to add in terms of history taking one question that that might be really helpful when you see people who have headache. Sometimes chronic daily headache is missed because people sometimes come to see their clinician because of the worst pain that they experience. And this happens in my clinic too. So I'll give you an example, just like about a month ago, I had a referral for a a patient who was having what she says was uh, four migraine attacks per month. Her triptan was no longer working. And if she didn't treat it, it would last two days. And I thought, this sounds not that complicated. I can treat her migraine with, with a different acute medication and that'll be fine. It wasn't until I asked her one additional question that I figured out that what she's dealing with is actually chronic daily headache and chronic migraine. And that really important question is how many days per week or how many days per month are you completely headache free? And when I asked that question, she looked at me kind of funny and said, well, never. I always have a baseline headache. I never have no pain. I don't even know what that feels like. These are the headaches that my sumatriptan doesn't help. I just take Tylenol for the other headaches. I don't even bother about those. So all of a sudden asking that one question changed the whole story. Hmm. When I asked my, when I take my history, I spent a lot of time making sure I feel really confident. I know the full picture because sometimes patients don't know what, what information is helpful, right? So I'll ask them, tell how many days of headache do you have? And does that mean that the other days are completely headache-free? 
I think in terms of the workup with lab tests and all that, it just depends on what we get on our physical exam and history taking. Yeah. Well, like so many other medical problems, the history guides our exam and guides our laboratory tests and imaging. So again, this is not unusual. History is the most important part of the evaluation. Absolutely. I understand that patients will have a variety of causes or types of headache with chronic daily headache, but how do you approach management to these patients? So the management can become quite complex and it often involves putting them on a preventive medication because I tell them I don't have something that's intended for as needed use that you can use every single day. So for people of chronic daily headache, the preventive medication becomes actually the most important part of their treatment plan. And we'll decide for that patient what's the best option based on their medical comorbidities and other things that they've tried and help to decide what's the best treatment there. I typically do recommend stopping or reducing use of the acute medication depending on that situation. And if it is possible, maybe switching them to something different. So if I see someone who comes in and they're using ibuprofen every day to treat their headache, we might put them on a preventive medication tell them to stop the ibuprofen and maybe give them a, a triptan or something to take with limits, no more than two days per month. And then we use a very multidisciplinary approach to pain management that includes things like biofeedback or relaxation techniques, or maybe engage or exercise physiologist. It just depends on those kinds of things too, because a lot of non-medication strategies can also be very helpful. Well, we take care of these patients and you know we manage the easy ones and probably refer the more challenging ones to you and your group. How often are you successful in helping these individuals with these challenging headaches? I think we can be pretty successful. When we talk about chronic daily headache and chronic migraines, so much of what we do is education, providing patients with good education about their diagnosis, about acute medication use, about identifying things that might cause worsening can be really empowering. And I think we shouldn't underestimate that. Additionally, as I tell patients all the time, even if they've been in to see a clinician and it's been a while and they feel like whatever treatment they were given at one point wasn't helpful, they should come back because with the advent of all the new medications that we have right now to treat headache conditions, a lot in migraine, but also in some in cluster headache too, it's worth a revisit. And these new CGRP monoclonal antibodies have been really helpful for so many people. And it's not uncommon for me to hear from a patient that it's been life-changing for them. Mm -hmm. So I think there's always an opportunity to make a difference. Well, we have done 10 podcasts on uh, headaches as a part of our symposium. And uh, what I've come to realize is that over the past, I'd say decade, headaches have become much more complicated in terms of the evaluation, both in their classification and the management. You've got a lot of new medications, which we didn't have you know, a few decades ago. So there's an important role for headache specialists. Let me ask you to summarize our discussion. Can you give maybe two or three key points that uh, kind of put us all together in terms of chronic daily headache? Absolutely. So first of all, remember, a chronic daily headache is not a diagnosis. It simply means that someone has a headache at least 15 days per month, and that's been their pattern for at least three months. And remember that most of the time, what people have when they say chronic daily headache ends up being chronic migraine. 
And we can do a better job of with our history taking just by asking key questions such as how many days are you completely headache free? And when you have a headache and don't take any medication, how long does it last to really help sort through uh, navigating chronic daily headache, identifying chronic daily headache, and then coning in on the right diagnosis. I think another big update is that we now have some additional guidance on the management of medication or reuse headache. And we know that putting someone on a preventive treatment for the underlying primary headache disorder that they also have is probably the most important thing we can do. Well, we've been discussing chronic daily headache with Dr. Rashmi Hawker Singh, a neurologist and headache specialist at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. Rashmi, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much for having me. You can now listen to over 100 different medical topics developed for primary care providers on Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts. Find them at ce.mayo.edu or your favorite podcasting app. If you've enjoyed Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts, please follow us. Stay healthy and see you next week.